Welcome to another episode of Beer and Backfire Podcast. Got a bunch of people here today. I'll just go around the room. Everybody say hey. Say hey, Corey. Hey, Corey. Hey, Jack. Hey, Pierce. Hey, Jacob. Hey, it's Mitchell. And today, actually, before we get into what we're doing, what's everybody drinking? I am currently drinking a Tantamount Mosaic and Eldorado Citra Double IPA by Commonwealth Brewing from Virginia Beach or... Yeah, Virginia Beach. And it's pretty good. I like it. It's not the cloudiest or haziest of double IPAs, but it's good. What you got, Corey? You drinking I'm not drinking anything tonight. Oh, okay. What you got, Jack? I'm drinking Gosling's Ginger Beer. I actually don't think there's any alcohol in it, but it still tastes pretty good. Well, there you <laughs> go. What you got, Pierce? I'm about to drink the Dogfish Head Grateful Dead Collab American Beauty. It's a pale ale. I haven't tried it yet, but I've heard that it's really good, so... Cool. Looking forward to it. What you got, Jake? Uh... Pocahontas. Oh, oh man, yeah, Pocahontas is good. A fallback. Yeah. From uh, Center of the Universe. Yep. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a good one. And Mitchell is probably just drinking water. I, I don't even have that. Uh, would you like a water? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do need a recommendation of something to bring back to my in-laws when I, when I go back to. Oh boy. Oh man. All right. What do they like? Uh, he he. Bud Light. Uh, yeah, I, I always. Because yeah. it's, I go always American. buy a 32 pack of Budweiser and he has a he likes blast that. because it's American beer. Oh, yeah. Hardywood Richmond Lager. Uh, yeah, 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 little exactly grenades, that, glass yeah. bottles. Yep. Um, it's like what Budweiser tries to be, but like a good example of that style of beer. I Can you bring that on a plane? Yeah, sure. Right. I actually have it right there at the one on the street. Yeah, they sell it like everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Right, like yeah, I'll have to. Check some on my check baggage, not my yeah, yeah, no, not my carry. Dang. <laughs> uh, yeah, just make sure it doesn't only put in a little ziplock bag here. But anyway, today what we're gonna talk about. So the month of April thus far in 2019 has been full of like things to do, like a bunch of events and stuff. So we're just gonna kind of run down the list, and I think there's at least for each event, at least two of us have been there. So there's enough for conversation for that. So the first event that happened really in April is the Hyperfest pre-party at Flim Flam Speed. Well, but the full of thing happened before. Oh, I guess that was that morning, wasn't yes. it? Okay, so the full of class. Pierce, why don't you talk about that? The full of... All right, so Robert Parker Vaughn is a friend of ours who... Uh, also known as Bobby. Bobby. He's uh, trying to get into a... What would you guys call it? Like a... A shared space Crowd-sourced garage. garage thing mm-hmm. where you know people who want to learn about cars who need a space to maybe do something on a project for a little while can come and like rent a lift um and rent some space in a shop rent some tools you know you pay a certain base fee for a certain number of days and um and just work on your car there so uh he hosted this class at Blanchard's Coffee shout out to local coffee company Blanchard's Coffee um everything's dope i recommend the black dog um, and so they went through basically an engine, an engines 101 course where we talked about timing. Um, we talked about, um, like pistons and valves and heads and like just what oil pumps do, what oil filters do. Engine basics. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a pretty intro course, but it seemed like there were a lot of people there who maybe weren't familiar, were getting refreshed by it. And it was a good time. We had coffee. We talked about the Full Love Garage. Full Love stands for For Our Love of Vehicles, by the way. Aww. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a there's an Instagram page, 
and so then after after the engine basics course we talked a lot about like what kind of shop maybe he wanted to try to find um where he wanted to go what locations he was looking at and stuff like that their Instagram is folov.club. That's F-O-L-O-V dot club on Instagram. So right now, the whole thing is in sort of a... I mean, he's, he's looking for a shop. He's, he's definitely... He, he's doing it. He's, he's the, the project is happening. Right now, he needs a location. Uh, he needs insurance. Um, he needs sort of like a business model, I guess. Yeah. But there are a couple other shops. There's a, a motorcycle sh- shop out in Virginia Beach that's doing kind of the same thing. So he's been out there. He's talked to them, seen their business model. And there's another one in Chicago that he's trying to go look at. You follow along the same lines and talk to their insurance company about getting covered by them too. So I think the Marines at Quantico actually have something similar to that, the auto skills thing. Where they, it's do, like, they do it at Fort Lee as well. I have military bases. Yeah, it's like you rent the pool. lift or whatever. Oh, yeah. Which I think since I'm a DOD employee, I can technically use yeah. that. You, which you, is ridiculous. That's, you, you can because I, I use... It all the time. Oh, okay. Space, yeah. Then I need to do that. But anyway. <laughs> so is that, I mean, is that technically on base, though? Yeah, it's on base. Yeah. So, like, would civilians be able to do that? No. If yeah, you're employed by the DOD, yes. Well, okay, but... Or right. sign in as a guest, and we can... It, it, the classes almost remind me, or from what I'm hearing, sounds like, uh, what's the Engineering Explained YouTube yeah. channel? Yeah. It's kind of what, what well, in my head is what I'm thinking. So, so Bobby actually only just recently started getting into cars and like wanting to know about cars and work on cars. Uh, so he's, he, he wants, he wants to learn and he's found out that maybe the, the hands-on part of the learning experience is sort of hard to come by really, unless you want to, like, unless you're already like in a shop or you're going, you're paying for school or something like that. So his his whole thing is to try to get anybody who wants to be involved in working on their own car to be allowed to work on their own car, you know, whenever they want. Yeah, it sounds sounds good, especially for like people who, I'd say, young, younger folks who don't have parents that are into cars or something mm-hmm. like that. That's kind of or know. people who like live in Richmond and don't have like if they live in an apartment mm-hmm. or or like a, a house on a where they don't have a city park, street. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like on a street parking where you can't. You literally just don't have the space to work on a car even if you have the know-how. Yeah, it makes sense. So I, I think it's a really cool idea. I like it. Yeah. He's, he's getting that on the, off the ground. It's, uh, I think the insurance aspect is going to be his biggest challenge. Yeah. That, so I, I hope it gets worked out. I really want to see this succeed. I know that I would have appreciated something like that 10 years ago. Oh, absolutely. I was trying to get started and... I mean, it's been done, so I think he can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been done in other places, but in Virginia specifically, you can't, like, well, to elaborate, part of the problem is, like, if somebody works on their brakes at this place and then goes out and their car doesn't stop and they kill somebody. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like, yeah. where, where, where does the liability, where does the liability end? Exactly. You know what I mean? And um, especially because one of the things Bobby was talking about is having somebody on staff or a volunteer like an expert. Who, who is an expert like Pierce, but that person would never actually touch your vehicle. Yes. Actually, where he was talking about a lot of the liability lands, when you have somebody on staff, that becomes the problem. Right. So he's almost sort of against that. Okay. But he and I have talked about that. So, but also like, you know, and I'm sure everybody's, everybody that's listening right now is just thinking, well, just sign a waiver and just everybody sign a waiver. But in Virginia, you can't sign your rights away. It's just the way our state works. Like, yeah, I've heard about like the whole like waiver thing and you know, that doesn't hold up at the end of the day. Not really. No, (laughs) no. So it's tricky. It can be done and I think he will be successful, but it's crossing those hurdles and he's dedicated enough that it will, it'll be, it'll be a thing for sure. So that was Saturday morning three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
After that, we went to the Hyperfest pre-party pre-party at, at Flim, Flim, Flim Flam Speed, which was basically kind of like uh, it was like a car show. They had like different vendors there, like Night Run Garage was there with a couple of their with their cars. There was a I can't remember the name of the company, but they had their like sim chair set up where it's like you have iRacing on a running on a PC on like three screens, and the chair is on like hydro hydraulically actuated things, so it like vibrates and moves with the G forces of the car. And I think they had they ran a car on the dyno, but I yep. I missed that. I probably. did too, completely missed it. Yeah. Uh, they ran up um what's her name? Savannah Little. Savannah Little's R thirty two, not GTR. Yep. Uh it's a GTS. Yep. Uh R B twenty, big turbo, lots of mods. I think she said it ended up being like what, close to three hundred horsepower? I might be making that up. It's pretty good. What's the difference between a GTR and a GTS? I have no idea. Rear-wheel rear no drive idea. and not an RB26. Yeah, so it's a it's an RB20. It's rear-wheel drive. It's not wide-body. It's probably a 5-speed instead of a 6 But it's still speed. an inline 6, right? Yeah, yeah it is. That's it's the same. Dope. It's an RB20 engine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's just, I mean, it's not. It's, not it's like the difference between, like, like, a 7M and a 2JZ. Yeah. You know, it's still, like, it's still, like, the same sort of family of inline 6 engines, but yeah, older and... Not as powerful. Fluffier. They basically had it so you could sign up and, like, just kind of, that was your, how you got in line for the, the simulator. So they had two Forza stations, and then they had two iRacing stations, and only one of the iRacing ones had the pneumatic chair, which I never got into, unfortunately. And I'd never done iRacing, because I don't have a PC, <laughs> but it's really hard. <laughs> like, I was racing with, like, a, a really nice pedal and wheel setup like a really really nice one and like the clutch was there and the everything worked like it does in a real car but and i was i think it was a um an nd spec miata on vir was what they had it set up for and i could not get a single clean lap it was so hard apparently the company is called sim seats i thought it was weird that they only had one iRacing simulator there yeah there and then there was like one Pro simulator, and then they had like two like Forzas. Uh, yeah, Forza, yeah, Forza sims. So iRacing is just a game. Yeah, it's for PC. It's like the most accurate. It's like a legit sim. Like if you have, it's actually like used by. Oh, is it like racers. it's like flight simulator for racing? Yeah. Okay, like so it physics has all the output coding because like yeah no I looked I was looking into recently like the really nice like semi steering wheels and stuff and um, <clears throat> not gonna lie. I wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it for. I was trying to figure out how to do it for GTA Five. Okay. And because there was just like that whole like array of like the fact that they're putting like literally every car that's kind of like some like car person's like favorite thing or some like famous car, they're jamming them into GTA however they can, even though there's no licensing or anything. So they straight up have like the Supra from Fast and Furious, like l- literally the Supra, but they just mm-hmm. call it something stupid like the Chester Classic or something. Oh, okay. So I was like, this seems awesome. Like, I think it would be really cool to have the, the controller thing. And I've been looking into a lot of that. But the um, the fact that GTA Five doesn't actually support the feedback. So what I'm guessing is iRacing. Yeah, no, there's a lot of games. So they have to code that yeah. in for controllers to have force feedback. So GT5 does not have force GTA feedback? GTA Five does not have force feedback built into it inherently, from what I understand. Really? Even Forza does, and Forza's not... I mean, it's a no. Forza is definitely way more semi than GTA. Yeah, G- GTA is literally a heist game. You're saying GTA? It's not Grand Theft Auto. Yes. Yes. 
That's what he's talking about. Oh, you're talking about Grand Theft Auto, he's not, talking about... not Grand Turismo. No. Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I thought you were talking about Grand Turismo. No, 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 no. No, Turismo totally oh has feedback. That's, no, why, he's, 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 that's he's, why I was so He's confused. literally talking about Grand Theft Auto. One at a time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. Oh. Yeah, that's why I say don't judge me. <laughs> I saw that I wanted to get a, con- no. a, a wheel controller for GTA 5. Yeah. But no, I thoroughly involve, like enjoy the like the driftiness in GTA yeah. and like the controls. So GTA 5 actually has like an actually semi-decent racing like not sim it's not a sim because it's not but it's not on the other end of the spectrum either like uh need for Ar- speed yeah, need for arcade. speed is totally like a like a comic book spec racing game quote unquote right. but gta 5 is like kind of in the middle there really there's oh. a lot of good cars and like he said there's a lot of like real life extrapolated cars yeah, yeah. and 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 good driving experiences but okay. also as he said there's no sim output Gosh. yeah they okay. don't have that built into the game so like if you get even if you got all the sick force feedback stuff, it, it wouldn't give you anything because they have to code that into the game to have that, which is like another layer and another development team, and I understand why a lot of games don't support it. But I really, honestly, I hadn't heard of iRacing. I had heard of some of like the other one, like F1 or whatever, that was like a huge, super semi-PC like yeah. racing game. It's literally um, called F1. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I embarrassingly it. have no knowledge of iRacing. For iRacing, they, like, go out to all the, the tracks and, like, laser scan everything. So Jeez. it's, like, perfect. And, like, all the physics are, like, exact. Like, it's a, it's a legit, actual simulator game. Like, God. way more so than Forza is. I might have to look into that. And it's hard as balls. Oh, no fun. <laughs> <laughs> no fun. Uh, I'm gonna take a minute to nerd out with Jacob on this for a minute, uh, we I I talked to them about the computers that they were using. Yeah. They literally pull like off the shelf Dell office computers. The one that they use the the actual like sim seat in. Yeah. It was all it already had like a sixteen eighty, a GTX sixteen eighty in it. I was like, How did you even get that already? They've had it for months apparently and I don't they he the guy couldn't tell me what the sim output was running. I assume there's some sort of SIM card that because there was like 19 different plugs oh, into God. like the back of a one of the, the you know talking about the slots. But the CI slot. Yeah, but so like they they literally just pull off the shelf like a Dell like Optiplex or something, something or yeah like, like an office computer toss toss a GTX sixteen eighty into it toss the the SIM card into it so it sounds and send like it, man it sounds <laughs> the, like they're really just the fan the really fan was literally running at max the whole time it was fantastic so it sounds like they're just leaning really hard on the video card and yeah. not like because I mean you're totally gonna be like on this off the shelves you're processing. Bottom. Right, and it becomes computer talk. And you can uh, you yeah. can probably turn like the graphical settings down and keep the physics and everything there, and the experience will still be really. But good. to be a sim, you'd have to have the graphics settings literally all the way up. That's that's the whole point. That's why they they shove these military grade graphics cards. I, I yeah, sixteen eighty. That's like but. that's you're spending a lot like so much money you're probably spending more just on the card than, the than I've spent on my like in the entire that, rig I just built you could probably almost build a track car you could do a lemons car for easily <laughs> I think even if you're doing the whole like you know the no limits on the your uh, safety equipment on a lemons car thing you, if you equate for all that expenses probably still doing better than that sim setup because like crazy. yeah the controllers your controllers already you're looking at like probably like 300 to 600 dollars and then the video card easily starting at like you know the 1680 actually still isn't even on sale how did they get that <laughs> it's probably one of the dev kit ones or something 
I'm so uh, he told me that shit and I was like yo let me look at it let me let me touch it <laughs> let, let me lick it touch my put my dick on it <laughs> so one of the the thing reasons we don't have a whole lot else to talk about at this Hyperfest pre-party is because they had free beer free beer and free Arden IPA X allegedly the guy that was giving them out didn't really care about the two beer limit that much nope. so yeah can confirm didn't care <laughs> We had some beers. There were some, there were many beers had. Uh, also there, I mentioned it before, was Night Run Garage's, uh, uh, Chris's third gen Supra, which is like the nicest third gen Supra I've ever seen in my life. And their first gen Celica that had a 2JV two, two swap, which was super clean also. Yep. I don't know if you guys wanted to mention those at all. I actually met the guy with, so first of all, if I can just mention that that MA70 is the cleanest car, the cleanest any car I've ever seen in my life. And it makes me so mad. I, I just, I'm so jealous. The yeah. first gen Celica, um, I've actually talked to that guy before. He's been at a bunch of cars and coffees and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Night Run Garage did the swap for him, but most of the other stuff he did himself. So like he went, so like when he got the car, it was it was a like a rusted out shell, um, and he he learned how to do um, rust repair. Well, like rust repair, but like welding and like. Um, you know, he, he, he basically cut out the floor pan and welded in a new one himself. Okay. He knew that he wanted something else in the engine bay. So he did the, um, I think excessive manufacturing is that. I'm right? sure it is. They, they make a lot of stuff for those cars. That's the one that does the, um, subframes and the subframe spacers mounts. and stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Um, I had some so he's, so that car has a, that car has the AE86 subframe swap. Which you have to use like the excessive manufacturing spacers and like some adjustment whatever I don't know and like a steering rack I think he said was from a um because I'm sure that car came with a steering box like a yeah, ball yeah. or a circulating ball right it's got a rack in it from what did he tell me man I'm sorry this was so long ago that he was it's telling me about this probably an eight six I would imagine probably but we when when I was talking to him about it we both were referencing there's a. Uh, a YouTube channel called Is it Speed Academy? Speed Academy? They did, that the, did, the, they did the beam swap. The beam swap yeah. in the first gen cell. Yeah, yeah. Kind so he did a lot of the same things, but instead he swapped in the one J Z instead of the beams. No, it's a one J. Is it a one J? It's a one J. I thought it was a two J. No, it's okay. a one J. And it's so clean. So yeah, so then he like he took it to paint and like he learned how to paint a lot of things. He didn't actually do the paint job himself. But, like, he did some things on it. Like prep work and stuff. Um, I think he did, like, the fuel cover, the, the uh, fuel oh. flap cover, and like, little things like that. So, like, he, he wanted to be involved in every step of the process. He wanted to learn. Uh, he came out of the military and, like, didn't know much about cars. So he just wanted to, to learn things as he went along in the build. And I don't... It... Yeah, I'm jealous because, like, that car has so much money dumped into it. And yeah. it's so beautiful. It's, it's really so really good. Nice. It's... And he drives the crap out of it. That's good. That's not just like a yeah. show no. car. Yeah. That's good. And, and Night Run Garage has been working on it for him. He had some sort of problem with it recently that they were able to work out for him. So that was their, under their tent with that MA70, which is, I don't actually know anything about the MA70 other than oh, it's, it's statistically clean. It's a 1J swap. Okay. Um, he's the guy who owns it, and, and I don't know if he started it or if he's the owner, if he's like a partial owner, but he's like involved with Night Run Garage. Um, his name is Chris Larson. I'm trying to remember where I met him. I don't exactly remember, but he's been talking, like, he messages me every now and then about how he's really tired of the show scene and how, like, ridiculous it's gotten and he wants to start tracking it. 
Hmm. Really? I kind of told him, I was like, dude, that car... Like I'm, I'm all, car. I'm all about tracking stuff, but that car might be too clean to track. Like I don't, I don't know if I would recommend that. If he does, that's cool. I mean, clear, clear bras and you, you do yeah, the right, nah, right stuff. I mean, I mean, you, you throw the first time he was off in that car, crash. and the the amount of, of brake dust and yeah. rocks that stuff, the sticky tires to kick up, and you're gonna get covered in like we were. I was at Summit Point all day yesterday, and they were pulling chunks of like rolled up rubber out of the front of their car after every race it was crazy which i'll talk about that stuff later did anybody else have anything to add about hyperfest pre-party nope. check out Run garage check out flim flam speed and what was it? sim seats check out sim seats and i racing they're cool so back on the 7th i did a hpd at dominion but me and Corey did a whole bunch of recording on that earlier today and we're gonna we might release that as a separate episode the next event that i had was our spring cruise up in the Blue Ridge with Japanese Classics of Virginia Car Club. Um, so this cruise was a little different because we had probably the biggest group rolling out from Richmond that we've ever had. But then like... That was the, literally the only people that yeah, showed up. Yeah, like nobody met us at, at Devil's Backbone like at all. So it was actually still a moderately okay sized cruise. I think we flew up into three groups to roll out, which was cool. But it started not so great because we lost Billy's Maxima like within the first 30-40 minutes. Yeah, he, he, he cut an apex a little too short and hit a drainage ditch and we think it's just a camber bolt that's broke. We haven't actually looked at it. It's yeah. in it, it's in the garage, jacked up on jack stands. The wheels are off, but we, we haven't had a chance. I'm to... so surprised that like he didn't go home and immediately tear it down and Be- find out exactly what's wrong with it. Because we got home, by the time we got home, it was like 9, 10 o'clock. But isn't that his daily driver? No. no. He has a work van. He drives like a transit for yeah. work. Okay. But still, <laughs> just knowing who Billy is... Well, he's been worried about getting his, his S13 prep for autocross today, which we'll talk about okay. later. So so we got we got, we got got the car back. Or he, he ended up just jumping in my car, and then we just father-son road tripped it up, and then, uh, <laughs> and then went back after with the truck and trailer. So where was it? Is that the Exxon? Oh, uh, so you take, we're taking 30, or not 33, I'm sorry, Route 6 out there. Oh, like like before you even got oh before two, we even yeah. got two devils backbone yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh. like literally like a half an hour away from Richmond oh okay. yeah, an hour an hour it's, it was like an hour away from hour Richmond. an hour okay. yeah it was like one of the tiny little towns where you have to slow down to twenty five miles an hour Scottsville mm-hmm. there's there's a turn so you're on like these windy back roads and then there's like a it says ten miles an hour for the turn and you it's a really sharp right <laughs> and if you go over the line at all. There's a really, like, probably two-by-two steel drainage cover grate thing that's, like, sunk down about, like, three inches. No, it's more than that, So if you hit it, it's bad. I, like, like barely nudged it, and I was like, I really hope nobody else hits that. Uh, I was close to the back of the pack, and as I came down the hill, I literally watched, like, everybody cut the corner, slam on brakes, and, like, swerve around (laughs) this drain. Like, literally every single person... Except Billy, who went oh, right over oh. it. And then he, like, like, I literally saw him, like, grab air. And, like, there was there was a huge, like, maybe three-inch gap of air between uh, his tire and the ground. And he uh, bounced out of the 
it was not covert. It was it was, it was rough, man. Hard. Like I saw it happen, and I was like, "Oh, that hurts." I know, I know, I know that that hurt. And this is why we take sixty four out. Well, <laughs> it's so lame. It's so lame. I much prefer six. Just don't hit the drainage thing. Just don't hit the drainage thing. Um, Hashtag don't hit the drainage thing. At least yeah. use the maximum, not the thirteen. Man. Yeah. But uh, they, I think we left it at Exxon Station. Yeah, we left it left it on Exxon and then came back that night. So drove back to Richmond and then picked up the truck and trailer and then drove all back out. That's a long day. It was a very long day. Yes. Uh, Steve Kilman didn't get home until almost like 10 o'clock after his whole thing. Yeah. Which I'm sure he'll talk about after he gets here. He will be here. Oh, is he coming? Yeah, he said he was coming. But yeah, once we got out there, nobody really met us at Devil's Backbone, but it didn't really matter. We had a pretty decent sized group with us coming from Richmond anyway. There, there was there was a lot of car stuff going on this weekend anyway, so I think yeah. kind of yeah. There was a drift event at Richmond that day too. Yep. Um, and also apparently one at VMP. Um, yes, which I like. I literally looked for information on because so my boss was supposed to be at VMP and he said that there was a drift event that took over the location. So I went on Facebook to try to find anything about that. What was the name of the group? Do you remember? That should have been a U.S. drift event. I believe. Really? I, no way. I don't. I don't know. I can. I can try to find it real quick. But yeah, because so there was a Spirit Japan event at um, RIR, which is what surprised me. Why we had so many people coming from Richmond? I figured the Richmond people would be light, and we there'd be more people meeting us out there. Yeah. But it turned out to be the exact opposite. But Jack, this was your first time coming with us in a fun car. Yes. How was that? Did you like it? It was really the first time I've been able to properly flog the Fiesta mm-hmm. doing anything. Right. And it was it was a good time. I think next time I might do it. It's solo. a Fiesta ST. Yeah. Yeah. It's the good one. But um, I think next time I'd like to just go solo, and yeah. then I won't have any suggestions or anything. Yeah, without without the the wife and dog in the car, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, oh. not not having the dog in the car would would also yeah help. Well. Maybe go a little bit more balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's not well. It's, it, I, I say wife and dog. Maybe it's mostly dog because I've had Fee in the car with me before. Yeah, 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 yeah. She no. was totally cool. But no, I didn't. I, I kind of felt guilty. I hit. I slammed on the brakes first time over the mountain, and I could feel Porter's head like in the back of my seat. And I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> it's cool. It's big enough. It's only forty percent of his body. So. <laughs> I kind of took it easy from there on. I was like, yeah. This... That's hilarious. <laughs> I'll, chill out. I'll chill out a little bit. I just picture, I just picture Peter slamming on the brakes and Brian flying forward. Right. Right. <laughs> Jesus, Brian, buckle up. <laughs> but it was nice. Like, this was the first time there wasn't, like, the kind of traffic that we had normally seen. I'm sure Easter had something to yeah, play we, into it. It but. was Easter Sunday, so I was shocked how little traffic we had. It was it was really nice, because especially after the last time, the fall one was probably the worst one we've ever had in terms of traffic. Really? It was it was pretty bad. It was... It, we. I don't think we got more than five minutes of uninterrupted <sighs> driving out there. So I also had in here possible like stories from past rolling up the blue ridges does anybody have any fun stories from past ones art do, do we already talk you told, about... i think you told the story about when we got pulled over in mass on the last podcast <laughs> we did, did did we talk about the tow truck driver but that wasn't yeah yes. that wasn't yeah. the rolling of the blue ridge event yes it was it was the very first one. it was the first one yeah yeah when we all got but pulled over Right, but it yeah. wasn't like that. Like, wasn't the name of it at the time. Right, right, right. It's we just hadn't, what it became. Yeah, we hadn't okay. started well, counting yet, but he, well, okay. he had. Yeah. Well, in that case, <laughs> what one of our cruises? What's what's a good one? Well, I'm saying because I was on that cruise. Yeah. 
But I consider this this one that just happened to be my first rolling up the Blue Ridge. Oh. So if you're saying that was the first one, mm-hmm. then I can't say that anymore. Oh. Well, then because no. I was well, then you've been it. Also, it was just it was just like you know ten years ago. <laughs> I mean, it was a long ass time ago. I had the Sabaru still, which yep. was which uh, is our banner I mean, image at a on minimum SoundCloud. Nine years ago, what our banner image on SoundCloud is a picture from that event. It's I couldn't crop it right for that those dimensions, but mm-hmm. it's like Corey's Miata's mirror, the Sabaru, and my car on a, a turnout okay. on mm-hmm. that event. Probably a picture that I took. Yeah, I think it's one of yours. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to have, like, just misery and regret, I just mean, look at the picture. <laughs> so, still, it was a good car. It was one, of, car. one of the first ones we went on is... When I was... Uh, when I had my, my red Miata, is one of the one of the first ones. One of the first ones where we, like, really opened it up to, like, a bunch of people. And two or three people showed up on motorcycles. I, I think... And I think it was Richard. I love Richard. Who's amazing was in front of me was he in front of me or behind me I can't remember it doesn't matter point is we're going down uh, we're coming back to the brewery going through one of the like last like really big like flat sweeping left hand turns it's like a little bit banked right and Richard like is either Richard was in front of me and he's the one doing it or he's behind me watching this happen but the other bike there's a bike in front of me like we like really leaned into the turn and like knee out like almost on the ground it could like basically reach out and touch the ground so, and I'm behind him in the Miata, so I open the door of the Miata, hold it open with my left knee, and reach my hand out, and, like, can touch the ground. <laughs> I'm, like, bending out around the turn, touching the ground. And, uh, and <laughs> there's not, unfortunately, there's not a picture or anything like that, because we're all driving. But uh, we get back to the, we get back to the, the brewery, and Richard comes running up to me, laughing his face off. Like, that was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, and I, I, he still talks about it. It's so funny. It just how, like it was. How do you not know who Richard? Richard is? Thompson. Is it Thompson? Right. Thompson. Yeah. You. I'm. I'm pretty sure you. He's a mechanic. Know. He has a black RX8. Yeah. 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 Okay. He was supposed to come out to this cruise, but he did not make it. I suspect due to obligations from the drift day the night before, or the drift day the day before, or it being Easter, or it being Easter, which is the reason I wasn't there. Yeah. But it was a good time. I think we. We might try to do it on Easter again next year. It was really good. <laughs> There's no traffic. And it, all wasn't, the, it wasn't bad. All the church parking lots were packed and there was nobody on the road. I, <laughs> I wish that I had, could have enjoyed it more. I mean, your car made it. It made it. It made it. It made it. Do you want to talk about your car? I'd like to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, what happened to the RX-7? So this was basically the shakedown for my RX-7. Since I have dragged it out of the field and had the engine rebuilt and put back in it and got it running again for the first time in, like, let's say five or six years, I have no idea what my alignment looks like. It's not I'm good. I'm sure that it's whack ass <laughs> um, because I've installed several different suspension components, um, including, like, a, a rear camber adjustment link and just kind of, like, eyeballed it to where it was, like, sort of cambered in a little bit and, like... I know that my front toe is messed up because I raised the suspension like an inch from where it was when it was parked 
and the toe was out even at that point. And I had terrible tires on it, and I have some sort of misfire going on. So then, like, as we were coming over the mountain the first time, I ended up having some clutch pedal issues where uh, basically my clutch wouldn't, like, so the pedal would stay down to where I couldn't uh, disengage the clutch. And the first time this happened, it took me completely by surprise. Um, I ended up rolling through a turn and losing traction, and, like, I, I honestly thought that I was going to die just because I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on I couldn't get out or into other gears and I almost ran into the back of the person who was in front of me I ended up making it over the mountain the first time in this manner I mean the clutch pedal stuck a bunch of times but I figured out that I could just kind of like pull it up with my foot and it wasn't obviously it wasn't optimal but then as we continued to climb the mountain my serpent my dual serpentine belt pulley setup started squealing like crazy i could literally see like the cloud of rubber coming out of the hood so i ended up having to take it in fourth gear at low rpm where <laughs> that motor makes maybe 50 horsepower <laughs> so it was uh so, ch- so like driving my celica maybe which only, yeah, yeah. Which only makes 88 horsepower <laughs> it was it was a it was a hard time for sure you know i uh i made it over the mountain and then we got to the gas station and we kind of chilled out for a second, cooled the brakes. And then as everybody got back in their cars to leave, you know, I went to pull out and the clutch pedal wouldn't come back up at all. So, um, I kind of missed the whole, I mean, the whole ride along, like with everybody to back to the brewery. I ended up just cruising over, uh, the Skyline drive and I mean, at like 35 miles an hour and just like, I left it in third gear the whole way. Just because I couldn't, I couldn't shift at all at that point. So. And yet you beat us there. Because... Yeah. Because apparently Steve Kilman's Miata blew up, which I thought was weird that I made that I beat you guys back. I mean, I knew that what the route that I was taking was shorter, and I knew that, but I still didn't couldn't figure out why I beat you guys back. What happened with the with the clutch pedal? It's probably. I, I mean, I I know that it's a master cylinder issue because okay. what I've what I've since found out is that like if I leave my foot on the clutch pedal, like at a stoplight or something, it will bleed off. The, oh. the fluid pressure will bleed past the seal in the uh. master cylinder. And honestly, those hydraulics are, I mean, probably, I never replaced them. And I've owned oh. that car for 15 years. Yeah, it's okay, about time. Yeah. So, it's, about time. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've replaced the clutch, the, the like the rubber line. I've replaced that rubber line a couple times, but the hydraulics stuff has all been the same, so... And then, like, so, yeah, so then when we got to the gas station at, after the hill climb, I tightened up the belts a little bit, but I never even really got to figure out if that made any change, because I, I, I just didn't, I didn't flog it at all on the way back down. I've got a, a longer list of things to do before I start tracking that car. There were two FCs at the event I was at three. yesterday. You posted pictures of three. There was, was a red one. Oh, you're right. There's a red one, a white one, and a yellow one. Yeah. Your car ran better than two of them. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, encouragement. Like as far as the motor? Or yeah, like... as far as the motor. Right, like right. the white one, every time he would come into a turn, it sounded okay on throttle, but mm. every time it came into a turn off throttle, like slowing down, that thing sounded like it was, it just sounded broken. Like just like... But that's frequently how rotary engines sound. The other ones did not sound like that in yours. Well, they probably just weren't as... I mean, so like, and honestly, it was also if, coughing out a lot of blue smoke, like way more than the. Than that's what rotaries do. I mean, that's kind of what rotaries do. A lot. So what I'm saying though, but if it, if it was like maybe that one was carbureted versus the other ones were fuel injected, they, it was in the same class as the yellow ones. So they should have been running the same motor setup. 
which I believe is Bridgeported. I asked. It should be Bridgeport okay. something. I don't know. But anyway. Um, a carbureted rotary will run, if you can believe it, even more rich than a fuel-injected rotary. Christ. <laughs> Just because <laughs> of the way that the, you know, like the way that, that stupid magical black magic crap Might as well that just like carburetor run. works off of. Should just run like two cycle gasoline at that point. Like, that's kind of what they do. I mean, washing. yeah, we, I, I premix. Yeah. Um, I don't need to necessarily because my old pump does work, but I I, I still do it just as like a fail safe. How'd your Celica do on the uh, on the cruise, Mitchell? It it was slower than I remember. <laughs> oh. uh, but no, it it it's fun as long as I don't go past four thousand RPMs. It's after <laughs> after like four thousand RPMs. It's it's just dead. Like Ooh. there's there's no pull. It's a torquey motor. It's torquey. Yeah, I can go. I, I can hit. A... I can hit. Go up the hill real good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a twenty two R? Yeah, twenty two R E. R E. Yeah. Yeah. It's unusually low because I don't understand how I have eighty eight horsepower on a two point four liter engine. That's bored forty over. Like, yeah, but it's, yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah. Isn't it the most under square engine that Toyota ever made? That I couldn't tell you, but it's pretty, yeah. Yeah, I it's, mean... It is made for torque. Like, it's made for the forerunner yeah, yeah. and the pickup yeah, truck. Yeah, it's literally a truck engine, bro. Yeah, it's yeah, for four-wheelers. But but okay. then driving driving my my dad's 240, which is a single cam... It's the same idea, yeah. It's the same type of engine, just made by Nissan, and it's so much more peppy than mine. That's... Mm. Yeah. yeah, because the single cam, I don't, from my experience with the S13, I don't see a lot of difference between the single cam for the 240 in the truck versus the dual overhead. That's got a lot of differences between the um, between the truck and the car. Oh, is there? I didn't realize there was a big difference between, for the dual overhead cam, you're saying there's a difference. Yeah, so the like the, the KA24DEs and the 240s, they were, you could... For the 240s, there was all Japan motors. That's okay. it. And they had oil squirters and all this other like fun jazz. But for the trucks, they were made in Mexico, at least in the States. Um, and they didn't have all the same like little knickknacks and features. And they didn't have the same longevity hmm. as the as the NA240s. Hmm. For the dual overheads. But I'm not like... I'm not a hyper expert at those or anything. Just I know they got like some weird little differences... And I know the 98s, the OBD2s, they got a little different too. They had like different cams and stuff. So, Mitchell, you drove your dad's 240 autocross today. How did that go? That was really exciting. I'm not a big autocross fan because it's literally only five minutes of driving. Oh, not even. If even, yeah. Coming off of a a Japan life drift, what you brought on shit. But... It it was it was awesome. So my my first time, I think my first time, my first lap was a fifty seven, and that was me kind of figuring out the car. And then at my second lap was, I think a fifty three. So like four seconds faster. Yep. And then then progress each lap was 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 almost a second improvement for each one. I I ended up at. I think it was fifty point five being my last time. And I think he got he was in the forty nines. So I think his was about a second off. So. so a guy that's been that built the car and has been driving it for the last five years was only a second faster than you. That's just like 
You got it, man. You're you're good. In 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 his in his defense, he he had a lot of um, uh, he I think he got lost one time. Not lost, but uh, missed the. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Billy missed the gate. What? What? <laughs> no. They, they had all never those. happens. There was there was one there was one jog coming out of a turn that was just a cone and didn't have a pointer cone on it. Oh. In in, in a place that really needed a pointer cone. I don't know why they didn't have it. Oh, so he wasn't it, it got a, it got a lot a lot of people. But he did he did he did good. His car we we had some 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 tire pressure issues where after tires got heat um the the pressure was a little too high, deflated a little bit and then we both got our best times. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. So how did it work? Were you guys just in different heats or you in the same heat just swapping Drivers. Same same heat. It would get to uh, so I, I ended up going first, and then we come back, hit the grid, and then once the grid gets about halfway done, uh, then switch to the second driver, and the second driver goes, which is was that worked out really well, because we get to keep the heat in the tires. Yeah, and you don't have to wait for the whole grid to go before you, know, you lose all your heat. Which, yeah, which helped out I think tremendously. That's awesome. We all on our combats. Yeah, okay. he's on some some Hoosiers, some Hoosiers for the track day. Hoosiers, Hoosiers for the track day, bro. My Hoosiers. I need to get some good rubber. Come on, I'm still running BS three tires on everything. I'm, I'm on my eight six. I'm I'm gonna get the same tires I had before the uh, the proxy R one Rs, the Toyos. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh boy, did I love those tires! And because it rains so much in Okinawa, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. So we just finished talking about rolling up the Blue Ridge. That's unfortunate because I had things to say. Yeah, we're we're, we're not done. So. No, we no we're we were waiting for you to talk about what happened to your oh, car. Oh no, don't let's not talk about it. It is now story time with Steve. Hey, you're not the only one that lost a car, broke down. We whatever. we we told my dad's story. Okay, I feel a little yeah. bit better. So okay, Blue Ridge cruise. Billy's car dies at the beginning. Mm-hmm. What happened? So you made it over the mountain. I made it into... over the mountain to Smiley's. Yeah. With everybody. Car running seemingly fine. Made it all the way back over the mountain. Had a fantastic unobstructed run from bottom to top. This uh, is why I keep saying we should do Easter Sunday again. Because there was no traffic. It was well, glorious. Yeah, yeah, Very we, little traffic. We caught pretty bad traffic on the way to Smiley's. The way out. Um, just, and when I say pretty bad traffic, I mean a couple of very slow people. Did they move out of the way at least? No. Oh. Uh, uh, an odyssey that turned when they got to their turn, and then a Dodge truck on the way down the mountain that just rode his brakes and smoked all of us out and never moved out of the way. Um, I like to try a lot of strategies. I'll try the drop back, get a run, drop back, get a run. Maybe they notice I'm doing that and they use the pull-off. Then I'll, when that fails to work after three or four attempts, I'll do the, all right, now I'm going to just chill right behind you and see if you don't notice me in your mirror. And then maybe I'll try the rev limiter a couple of times and see if they'll move. And um, People just were not moving out of the way. So the run out was not great. The run back was very good. I will have 
I got to get the GoPro footage from my buddy Jacob who rode shotgun. We ran his GoPro because I couldn't find mine. Um, I have good GoPro footage of me getting to the top of the mountain. And probably down the other side, I probably have good GoPro footage of the moment I heard the supercharger just quit spinning. Everything else was running just fine, so I think, okay, I popped her through a belt. And I think, okay, uh, and I heard a little pop when it happened, so I thought, all right, it threw the belt, or broke it, which is not the biggest deal in the world. I look at the gauges, engine's still running, it seems to be fine, I'm still coasting down the hill. Thankfully, we just finished all the windy bits and got back out to where the road starts to smooth out. This is exactly what happened the last time the car broke down, which was on the way to the East Coast Miata Expo in Northern Virginia. Uh, the temp gauge, curiously, began to drop and then it started to spike. It and dropped it, first? Yes. Can't explain it. I don't know if it gets an air pocket where huh. the temp sensor is and it sees it drop a bit and then... The air pockets usually spike. Hot, cool. I, I can't... I don't know. This is just exactly what it Weird. did the last time, too. Watch the temp gauge fall a little bit because it threw all the belts, not just the supercharger belt. So no water pump, no alternator, whatever. So I pulled it, thankfully there was a road right there, I pulled it off to the side, pulled it into the grass, hopped out of the car, popped the hood with it still running, threw the hood open and the crank pulley is going, for those who are listening, wagga 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 wagga. <laughs> so I cut the key off immediately and I think what probably happened is it sheared the crank key, which is what happened the last time. And now nothing is keying the pulley and yeah, with the load on it, it chucked all the belts. So I think uh, the last time that I'm referring to was September. So it wasn't that long ago. And uh, in September, it took a while to become obvious what was going on. Uh, so at first it was presenting like supercharger belt slip. I would get on the throttle and you'd hear the blower go, and you watch the boost gauge just trickle down to zero while the engine RPMs are still climbing just fine and everything else seems to be good. So I thought it was belt slip. So one of the quote unquote cures for the belt slip issue was take the auto tensioner, lop the little nub off that indexes into the bracket to set the tension and then drill a hole thread a big bolt into there with some Loctite and lop the bolt off. Now you've got a new nub further over and you have more spring tension on the auto tensioner, puts more tension on the belt, cures your belt slip issues. Well, I tried that last time. Turns out the problem wasn't belt slip. It was that I'd probably already shorn the crank key, but just sheer friction. We'll have to like post some pictures or something because the carnage was mind bending. Do you have an Instagram? Um, I do, and I think it's on there. What um, is I know we link, linked my Instagram last time. It is at I am understeer. Somewhere back, if you dig back around September of 2018, uh, September or October, you'll find the carnage from the last time. So I think the friction of the pulleys on the crank nose was enough to continue for like two weeks turning the accessories, the water pump, the alternator, the power steering pump enough that I was driving a car. It just started slipping at the supercharger belt first. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I foolishly tried to drive it all the way up to Northern Virginia for this uh, East Coast Miata Expo. And that's when it like totally chucked all the belts and gave up. And we towed it home. I figured it out. It had shorn the crank key. Uh, saved the crank nose. The keyway was fine. Uh, had to chase the threads in the crank nose pretty hard. Um, and lost a little bit of thread in there. So threw a new crank bolt in. New pulley boss. New pulleys and harmonic balancer, uh, basically everything, new timing cog, everything from the front main seal forward replaced. Crank was okay, uh, put it all back together, ran it this time, but this whole time, the tension on the supercharger belt, which is on a dedicated pulley out in Far front out. of the other pulleys, has had a bunch of extra tension on it. So, it's got that extra moment. Yeah, lots of leverage way out on the front of the crank nose, and I think tiny little crank key was not enough to withstand it, even though it was a brand new part and everything mm -hmm. else was too. So uh, I have not had any chance to tear into that yet. Um, my buddy Ben, shout out to Ben Young, I called him when we got to Wild Wolf for lunch, said, hey, my car is broken down way out in the mountains. I know it's Easter. What are you up to? He was like, I'm at dinner with family or lunch with family, but I'll head home. I'll hook up my trailer and I'll hop in the van and start driving out there. What a pro. So he drove out to Zion Crossroads. Uh, I rode halfway back with Brian Sutton, uh, met Ben there, hopped in the van with him so it wouldn't take him all into the night. And then we turned around and headed all the way back out. So I think I beat Mitchell and Billy's long day by like an extra hour. Yeah, maybe? I think we got over like 9 or 9.30. Yeah, 9.30 or something. Yeah. And I got home and had the car off the trailer about 10.30. So it was a long day. And we had met up at like 7 o'clock that morning. At yes. So that's and, a long And day. I was up until like 11.30, no, like 12.30 the night before working on my MR2. So I had a short night before and then a real long day. Working, but, working on the car you didn't drive to the Blue Ridge. I mean. Well, no, because it's not ready yet. <laughs> Has this cruise killed a car like every year? No, actually. No, no. no this is like the, the, the most carnage we've had. We, the worst, the other worst than this was um, the the slight fender bender when the Accord hit the MR2 that one time. Yeah, I would hesitate okay. to even call that a fender bender. It was. I mean, it dented his rear bumper pretty good. Yes, but it did not bend his fenders. Okay, yeah. <laughs> bumper. It's bend. a plastic. I'm just bumper. saying. Yeah. I am just okay. It's fine. Yes. And then uh, Mitchell cooking his alternator. Oh yeah, yeah. We've told that story on here before. Mm -hmm. Alternator barbecue. So what's what's the what's your plan for fix for that like making a bigger keyway or well there are a couple of options weld it and send it <laughs> yeah there you go no i don't want to do that uh not yet then we have God, get, getting that crankshaft out of the engine would be quite a task no uh, that's last resort. if the keyway is still relatively good in the crank and the threads have not been because last time what happened was all of this Everything from the front main seal forward continued to walk outward, stretched the flange of the crank bolt around the head. This is why I'm saying go on my Instagram and check these pictures out. <laughs> because the head of the crank bolt was barely protruding. 
from this metal that had been forced forward around it. Wow. Was the flange of the bolt now was like wrapped around the head of the bolt. That's amazing. So this stuff had walked forward and continued to like machine things forward, which bent the crank bolt in the crank, which meant when I walked it out, the bent end of it was tearing out a few of the threads. Like I say, I was able to chase them well enough to get a new crank bolt in there. I red loctited it in because I was hoping not to have They're to weak. do all this again. So I'll have to heat that to get it out. But assuming the crank bolt doesn't wreck the threads on the way out, and I basically just have to do everything forward of there again. There is a product that Corey might be familiar with because he's the most Miata-oriented among us called a crank saver, mm-hmm. um, which is a slip-on part that essentially extends the crank nose further out and gives you a full-length crank key. So the issue with the stock one is that the key only protrudes like halfway out into the pulley boss. Oh. And ends, and then the pulleys are bolted to the boss. So this extends the a longer key. It comes with a longer key and a billet machined little crank nose extension essentially and then I think a longer crank bolt for the entire assembly. That almost sounds like it'd be worth investing in even if you didn't have you didn't just that would solve all Well it is. I mean there that's one known issue with uh long nose crank Miatas. Like short noses have a problem with the nose of the crank just snapping off. Mm-hmm. Long nose cranks have issues with the keyways wallowing out and the keys either stretching the keyway or shearing off or whatever. Is this even. Is this only for force induction applications or is this for like the NA applications? No, this is for NA cars. They have this as a semi known issue. Yeah. So the crank saver was invented to solve this issue for people who had either had damaged keyways, you could save, literally save your crankshaft, crank saver, um, by adding this thing, extending the key out into it. I think they recommend that you use one of those funky Loctite products. That's a pretty intense mod. Well, without having to remachine your crank or anything like that, you can slip this thing on the nose, add a longer key and a longer bolt, and potentially just solve your crank wobble issues. Um, so it probably, yes, would it be a good preventative measure. The other option that somebody pitched me was if I had to pull a crank out of there anyway, take it to a machine shop and have the machine a second keyway into everything, 180 mm-hmm. degrees out from right, the original right. one, double key the whole thing. Yeah. And over, or even, even just, it just and go with a bigger, a bigger keyway, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if it takes any amount of machining, then you have options available to you. But hopefully, if my crank is okay, I am—I don't want to tear down this engine again. Uh, I built it like four, four and a half years ago, and I was hoping that was the last time I would see rods and pistons and all of those things. Um, but it is what it is. If I have to fix stuff, I have to fix stuff. I'm hoping the crank is okay. Um, at this point with this weekend now gone I have next weekend and then I'm in San Antonio for work the weekend after that and then Hyperfest is the weekend after that I'm not going to have the car together by then 
I doubt it. Unless you can still I come really and camp and drink and hang out with us. That's that's <laughs> my plan. And at this point, I've kind of focused my shifted the focus of my efforts to my most recent uh, project, which I will also plug. I've created a separate Instagram for it. Is at Marta M A R T A S W twenty S W two zero. It is her name is Marta. She's a ninety two JDM imported. MR2. Uh, NA car, 3SGE, S54 transmission, um, right hand drive, of course. And that is my new project. Um, and I'm pretty close. My MR2 is now maybe my focus to have ready to at least drive to Hyperfest. You think you can have it ready for that by then? It's to drive it there. Quite possibly. What? Um, I mean, I know you've got the motor and everything to swap in. Are you going to swap, like, swap oh, and drive no. it? Okay. No. Oh, no. Okay. No. Just running and driving as it is oh, yeah, in the next yeah. three weeks. Okay. And then swap stuff will happen later. I could see that. But, yeah. We'll see. I'll try to get and it's a hard one. top, too. It is. Mm. It is. So it's like extra double, triple rare. Yes. Because it's, it's an imported car and it's a hard top chassis. So now, interesting factoid. In, what, what motor is going in it? Uh, Gen 4 3 SGT. Mm. <laughs> Jack is pleased. <laughs> Jack, so. Jack used to have a, uh, he had a 91. Nice. Yeah, 91 turbo for a while. I had a 91 NA uh, removable sunroof. And then I currently have a 92 USDM black T-top car sitting in my driveway, NA. Uh, Five-speed, though. So my my 91 was an automatic NA uh, sunroof. My black one in the driveway, which is rapidly becoming straight-up parts car status, (laughs) Um, at least temporarily until I can put it back together. Its destiny is to get at least put back together reasonably well and sold um, because I paid too much money to keep it as a legit straight up parts car uh, and then now I have my 92 Japanese hard top car so now I've owned all three tops <laughs> in SW20s so, alright Jake thanks for coming out man good to see you Jake y'all can battle for whatever's left <laughs> what are these oh, purple oh, oh, they're so they good. thanks man Hopefully I'll have like a whole spiel of stuff with a 240 because like I've been this whole weekend I have been like tearing into that and like I just put uh, just for rear upper control arms and nice I just found out though that the uh, front Jake one... come sit down and finish this <laughs> yeah, story this is, this is for the podcast yeah. now you see why are you like, no. um, okay so yeah no I've been um I I have Saturdays off for the first time in ten. Years, legit. That is glory. Um, so yeah, I started tearing in the Nissan, finally getting stuff taken care of. Uh, a surprising volume of taking care of a uh, twenty-five plus year old car is getting rid of spiders. So yeah. I've been battling. <laughs> I've been like not going under there regularly for the past few days. Like I see more spider webs than a spider. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm taking him out and like you know getting rid of more spiders, cleaning up more stuff. But um, yeah, a little stuff with a Nissan. I've uh, pulled out the butt cushions in the rear, just folded down the seats. I've just been trying to clear up what I can, little surface rust here and there, and I've. Of course, finding more little rust things to take care of those. Um, 
And I thought the rear shocks were blown. They are, in fact, not. I actually tore them down, uh, tested the struts. They're good. Uh, The front left, I discovered, is leaking oil. It's a Tokiko blue. So are those easy to find still, relatively? So you can still get the Tokiko blues. Okay. But I I need to check specs. I've been looking... I've been looking at Tokiko Blues um, and iBox versus uh, full coilover stuff, and I'm looking almost exclusively at Fortune Auto, um, but the only drawback is, like, everywhere I look, it's just like, yeah, we've got them, and it's like, you know, not not an insane price compared to the, you know, the performance you get out of Fortune Auto versus the comparative price cost, like, it's, it's not gonna, you're not gonna find anything in their cost category. The only drawback is the um, the time it takes to get the shocks, the the set themselves. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, most of them, even if you're ordering, you're waiting like a couple of months to get them. Really? Have you tried um, ordering direct from them? Like email them? I have not. And that's the thing. I, I, I'm considering that. Um, I've heard some people tell me that like, so what I want to do is I want to ask. Because you can just drive out there and pick them up. Yeah. Because they are, yeah, I know they're, I know they're local. Because I really do want to get, like... I want to see if I can get the S13 fronts and S13 rears, except with a Z32 bottom part threaded on. For the because, Z32 hubs? Yeah, I have the uprights, the aluminum uprights for the rear, which you can convert all the four lug stuff over. And that's the thing, what I want to do, because I don't feel like bothering with any of the five lug stuff, buying another set of five lug wheels... Because I have Sentra Spec V SER wheels that are 17 inch that already have all like the branding and stuff. I like that whole like, you know, the fact that all my stuff's branded the same. And I'm essentially like uh, modifying a bunch of uh, Nissan components together. That I find that satisfying. I am almost positive that they will do that for you because Pierce did a similar thing with his Z30 Skyline monitor, yeah. with his Skyline coilovers his R31 coilovers because they're they basically because he was doing S13 I believe S13 5 lug swap parts and it was all kind of hodgepodge stuff and they totally worked with him on it okay so cool. I'm sure they will yeah that's something that's something else I can get to yeah then um, and of course I gotta get some some other stuff straight I got the rear rear upper control arms uh, put on and um, I've got some adjustable toe arms I've got to learn some stuff about if I can swap out the heim joints um, because there's a little bit of play with those and if you can figure out the thread and the diameter of the bolt that you need to go through the rod end you can get different rod end, just universal rod ends on like jegs all day long going through my parts bin with my dad he might have some that some heims? yeah uh, uh, he was he was gonna throw in the scrap metal bin. I think I stopped him from because because so. I have I have um, the toe adjustment arms by ISR. Now that you can't be called ISIS, <laughs> ISR can the the most some of the older ones that they did because I think now they're actually doing like rubber bushings or something or urethane or something. Yeah, yeah, they're doing something with like urethane. But yeah, I I think they're doing like some kind of like weird sealed like. Uh, bushing now for some of them where whether it's like a heim with some grease or I don't know but I'm seeing more of that for like even the the Chinese knockoffs are starting to copy whoever came up with that design but I still have the ones that are just straight like steel balls spherical bearings or mm-hmm. whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah, yeah the Toyota used those in the MR2 I learned recently they did yeah. they're in the, uh... in the SW20s the rear 
They're uh, pressed, toe links they're pressed into have the hubs. pressed in spherical bearings. They're essentially hind joints with a little rubber boot around them, so they yeah, don't that's look... What, yeah, that's what I'm seeing. A yeah. lot of the aftermarket companies now, where they used to be hymns for like, whether they be tension rods or control arms or yeah. what, what have you, they've gone from the you know exposed hind joint to the little sealed off rubber boot with a yeah. little bit of gl- I'm assuming a little it's bit of It's still grease. a hind joint in there usually they just I, put the boot around it to keep dirt out of it. Yeah. That's, That's what right. I figured, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't even tell if the boots were to keep dirt out cuz I had to replace one for the black car on one of the rear. Choose uh, ourselves. Toe links. Yeah, that's where I got them from and I couldn't tell if they were actually to like they seem springy almost, like mm-hmm. to limit the travel or to self-center it as much as they were to keep dust and stuff out because the rubber seemed pretty stiff. Like mm-hmm. if you just grab the thing, it's not like a heim joint where you can just flop it back and forth into place. This thing, actually the rubber on each end seemed to like retain it kind of centered up. Did, did they have, um, you know, greasable points? Like did they have? No, hand joints nope. usually don't. Nope. They didn't seem so to be it's really just at all. Right. Usually just they're just a tiny cut and just stick your little... Usually they're sealed with te- like a Teflon seal that like scrapes the surface of the sphere as yeah. it rotates. So it just so there's not doesn't really need Yeah, that'll work for a week. I've, um, I've had the hand joint tie rods on the MR2 for years. Yeah. And uh, sway bar and links and camera plates. If they're machined well... They shouldn't wear. I just spray them down with motorcycle chain lube every so often. That's what I figured. Machine to to a tight tolerance and a clean shape, and if there's no burrs or anything, they shouldn't really tear themselves. I should buy some Chinese junk. Being in aviation, they they have greasable ones that are pretty Mm. common. Really, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, where there's like a zerk fitting on the end of it, and it's just. Probably has a groove or something. I I guess so. You You just wait till grease comes. Pouring out of it, and then you wipe it. And yeah, like it. with all greasable fittings. Yeah, so yeah, it's, so it's really no different. Literally yeah. every how-to for a greasable fitting. Not, not, not too terribly common, but they're they're there. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how bad it would be if I just drill into the side of it. Very no, bad. Don't do that. Very bad. Don't hey, do I was just cut that just tap, 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 just tap a, oh, yeah, tap, just, just tap, tap it in. Just tap it in. Uh, tap a hole, throw a Zerk fitting on And there. Corey hands me a webpage from McMaster Car, of course, that greasable has greasable rod ends. There you go. Okay. What, wait, what now? <laughs> there you go. With a Zerk McMaster. fitting. McMaster. Oh, all, everything, everything you could ever wanted was a McMaster. If you want to make your own clutch friction plate out of just sheets of friction material, McMaster. Just glue that crap together and stick a rivet in it. Right. I, 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 gotta, I gotta tap out. Alright, buddy. Alright, man. See you good later. Good talking to you. See you, man. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. See ya. See you, Jake. I finally remember the first day I ever discovered McMaster. <laughs> uh, I sat on the computer at work and looked at every page. Oh, my God. Yeah. You are I, I clicked on special all, on on just about every product that they have. I've never. I know of McMaster. I've never been on McMaster. It is. It is heaven yeah. if you just want really odd hardware. Really specific. Specific. Yeah. Not really? even odd. Like common stuff, but just in like five millimeter length increments. Yeah. From zero to a hundred. They. Uh, 
the there where I get my pour your own urethane casting compounds from oh. when I fill motor mounts and stuff, yeah. which Energy Suspension now sells, but it's the literally the exact same stuff. They just buy it from McMaster and resell it. Uh, related to my story about September when I needed to create a thread chaser for my crank nose, I just went on McMaster and ordered the proper thread pitch and length and everything bolt just to uh, grind a slot or you know a little groove into each side to chase the threads out and make oh my, my own thread chaser. Oh, that's amazing. Yep. I love McMaster. It solves so many of my problems. <laughs> Most of them are theoretical problems, but they still solve the problems. Like, uh, how would I do this? You just build yeah, something yeah, out yeah, of your... Yeah. 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 And then you realize it's going to cost you $78 in hardware from McMaster. <laughs> you decide to move on to a different project altogether. Uh, <laughs> and then you just hit the clear cart button. And yeah. Right. And then all your problems go away. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's how life all works. Your, and all your theoretical problems are solved. <laughs> Hey everybody, Uh, this episode ends a little abruptly, Uh, apologies for that, but uh, this recording session ended up going for about two and a half hours, so I felt that was a little too long for one episode, so I figured we'd split it up into two. So this will be the end of part one of this April event discussion, and we'll pick it up next week sometime with part two. So have a good week and see you next time. semi-annual rolling up the Blue Ridge cruise? Was that a, was that a question at the end of that? <laughs> well, is, is semi-annual the correct? No, it's like biannual, Is it biannual right? or semi-annual? Twice a year. Twice a year. Every spring. Jack, is it semi-annual? Semi-annual. Semi-annual. Is I was really? right. Um, twice our, our a sem- year is called <laughs> <laughs> biannual. It is biannual. I thought it was either one. Biannual conventionally means twice a year. Its conflation with biennial is quite common. What is semi-annual? God, Jack. <laughs> look, look up semi-annual. Semi-annual is like every other year, isn't that, it? No, that's what. Semi-annual occurring twice, twice a, a year, year. Half, half yearly. yearly. Wow. Bottom. All right, so we do two cruises. words, same meaning. There's a word for that too. What's that word? <laughs> synonyms. No, synonyms. that's some. Where does it sound the same? No, no. synonyms are the words that mean the same. the same thing. What's the What's the one that words sound the same? Rhyming. Homophone. Okay. Oh, and, and, and then there's homophones. And across languages, it's false cognates. Today. No, what are you talking about yeah. cognates? Co- cognates <laughs> is language. So you got two words that sound the same in like between languages, but they, they mean similar. And then false cognates, they sound similar. So like gift is one where it's like poison in German. Welcome to beer and grammar. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, what is going on over here? I'm pretty bad at grammar, so I'm proud of the fact that I know anything about it. Because <laughs> it's like, that's the one thing I yeah. know, so we're going to... Cognates and false cognates. Chelsea yeah. grammar is a song by the Fratellis. I was right, it's homonym. Homonym. Anyway. Then what's homony? It's a of corn, man. Let's move on, please. So much of this is getting cut out. I hope it doesn't.